May is the month that we'll be celebrating our first birthday as independent online and radio. To celebrate, we'll be partying uncensored and unscripted with Savannah Premium Cider. Join me and the rest of the Cliff Central crew at Movida in Sunning Hill on Friday the 29th at 9 p.m. for our first birthday party ever. Doors open at 9 p.m. Email info at movida.co.za for pre-bookings. For more information, find Savannah Premium Cider on Facebook or Twitter and all the details on cliffcentral.com. It's our party and we'll drive if we want to. Cliffcentral.com and yes, we are celebrating our first year with a huge birthday bash at Movida happening tomorrow night. Indeed, in indeed we are. Come through, come through. We'd love to see you. We'd love to party with you in our heels and our little dresses and you know, our shiny jackets for the guys. But first my bali. Between two femmes well, absolutely. had to take place. Of course. Listen, we're not wasting any time today. We're getting straight into the women's news. There is a an article that I came across on News24, and it's written by a young lady called Abalo Molasehi. Now, Babalo has written an article about women exchanging sex for love. And an age old tradition, it appears. Well, and, <laughs> and this is exactly why I want us to get into this because I thought that this was the kind of thing that we're not doing anymore as women. Are we still doing that? Mabali, I don't know. What, um, have you not watched a few episodes of certain reality <laughs> TV shows? <laughs> no, no. There's, there's, there's giving up sex maybe for success and for money, but for love? Okay. Maybe, maybe I'm just living under a rock. Let me just read you what of what she said here, or some of what she said. She says, in a time where women are discarded for not relinquishing what is colloquially referred to as the cookie, small boys with entitlement issues will lay on the guilt trip uh, so thick that you end up being overly critical of yourself for not being easy. Um, uh, what I have an, a problem with, with regards to this, is that we're still calling women easy. Precisely. And what happens with like sort of owning your own sexuality and your own rights? I mean, this is something we're going to touch on later, because we should enlighten the people that we are chatting to Dr. Eve, who is the spokesperson in South Africa for Ashley Madison. People are taking charge of their sex lives, it appears, in all sorts of ways. <laughs> this is the thing. You know, even married people have decided that they want a bit of the... Ashley Madison, mm. if you're not familiar with it, is the website that allows you to um, cheat discreetly. <sighs> so you are possibly in a committed relationship or you're married. Um, you log onto the website and you go do your thing. But, you know... But back, but back. Well, um, look, here's the thing. Because, you know, on one side of the spectrum, you have these women who say... What? I'll go out at night with a guy on the first date. If I like him, I'll give it up. If I don't, I don't. But if I do give it up, that it, like it's no issue. It's Surely it's about yourself. And so this is why I'm I I I'm asking the question: Are we still calling women easy, and are we still feeling guilty as women for not in, for not wanting to give up the cookie? Because you know that's your prerogative too. It's your right. This is a debate. People should um, send us their opinions. But what we aren't, or somebody isn't calling women anymore is bitches and hoes and that is Snoop Dogg 
who claims to have changed his ways with the help of his daughter, his mother, oh. and his grandmother. Okay. Amen. Did he have a religious experience? Is this, is this how he got to this point? Um, no, he said, definitely my attitude has changed to, towards women. I am more sensitive and more vulnerable writing-wise and accepting a woman for being a beautiful person as opposed to me saying she is a bitch and a whore. Well, my point has always been to guys. I mean, if you're not going to call your mother or your sister that, then why are you calling any other woman that? So good well, for you, sweet yeah. dog. Yeah. Um, then there is this picture. Well, not this picture. There's a story of a couple, a man who attended a wedding with his girlfriend. They had a beautiful ceremony at the wedding. And then at the reception area. He didn't have the ceremony. No, 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 no. The other people. Yes. The people he was attending. Him the and people whose wedding he was attending. Him and his girlfriend go oh. to a wedding. At the reception area, this guy decides to get up, get down on one knee and propose to his girlfriend. And apparently the story has gone viral with most of the people on, on the Internet and most of them being women saying, how dare you upstage somebody else's wedding by proposing to your girlfriend? Is the Internet just loves a bit of outrage. I mean, that is the home, the home of outrage. But is this an issue? No. I just think the the guy was inspired. Um, why why would it be an issue? I don't think it's an issue, but seemingly the masses are like, no, 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 no. Up and on. I mean, the 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 video was viewed over one point three six million times, and it's this whole big thing. And women are like, how dare you? If it was my wedding day and you had done that at my wedding day, I would have dealt with you in a different way. <laughs> uh, everybody just calm down, you know. Everybody just calm down. And then finally, this is a story that I like. Coca-Cola is running an ad featuring two dads and their baby. And this is an ad that's also gone viral in um, the Netherlands. Um, Which country um, did they produce this ad in? The Netherlands. Ah, okay. So the, advers- the ad's tagline reads, we choose happiness over tradition. Um, I mean, that is, it's very sweet. Just, I mean, just, given that the Vatican came out and said that oh. um, the Irish vote... To, to allow all homosexual people the same rights for, for joy and matrimonial bliss. <laughs> yeah. So, so called matrimonial bliss, we will establish. And the Vatican Church feeling as if they've lost something. Yeah, kind of they said it was a crime against humanity. Yeah. So good for Coca-Cola. Good for Coca-Cola. I don't know if they were doing this in retaliation, but this isn't the first time that Coca-Cola has featured a same-sex family in an ad campaign. They did this again back in 2014. Um, with Mm. the world's largest carbonated soft drinks company making history by showing a male couple and their daughter. They were roller skating together in a Super Bowl ad while America the Beautiful played in the background. So that is, that is really, I'm all for, I'm all for progression people. You know, we can't, um, we've got to evolve in the way that we treat each other and in the way that we, you know, I feel we really should. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, as Aspasia mentioned, we've got Dr. Eve joining us. Uh, she is a couples and sex therapist, and she's also the spokesperson for Ashley Madison. Ashley Madison, of course, the uh, website where people can log on and have affairs without being caught. Uh, so we we mostly want to get into adultery trends in this country. Yeah, what are the trends? I mean, I, I, the reason I wanted to get them in was that we read somewhere that... Apparently, after Mother's Day, there's a huge uptick 
in subscriptions. Oh. And I was like, what? Okay. What? That's, what does that mean? That's a lot of um, dissatisfied. Is it dissatisfied or unsatisfied? I don't know. I don't know. English. I don't know what uh, they are. They're just not that, satisfied. That's a lot of women who are not satisfied. If you'd like to get involved in the conversation with Dr. Eve later, you can uh, message us straight through to WeChat at Cliff Central. Uh, you can also call in, call in 0861 But first, after this little song from the Alabama Shakes, yeah, let's don't want to fight. This is, I don't think I've heard the song before. As for I don't want to fight no more. Yeah. That's the Alabama shake. All right. Well, I like it. <laughs> 17 minutes after one <laughs> on another edition of Between Two Femmes. And we've got Michael Wilson joining us now. Yes, which is incredibly is, delightful. Yes. The marketing manager for Hyde Park Corner. Good afternoon, Michael. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. And we're going to be talking about luxury trends. Yes. Because we're having a luxury retail moment in this country, are we not? Absolutely. I've never been to so many launches in my life the last two, three months. I have to say, I really enjoyed the one in Hyde Park last week, which was um, on Thursday night. Was the, it Thursday or Wednesday? The Tiger of Sweden The Tiger of concept Sweden store concept launch. store. What is a concept store? Okay, no, 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 no. Back it up, back it up. The Tiger, let's, let's just uh, start okay, there. Tiger because of some, of us, <laughs> some of us don't necessarily know all these luxurious brands. The Tiger of Sweden. Tiger of Sweden. You need to know them. They are one of my favorite brands. In fact, I'm actually doing a sort of denim trends workshop. In, in, oh, am I allowed to mention the other, um, <laughs> given that we've got Hyde Park here, but I'm doing a denim trend workshop tomorrow afternoon okay. in the Santon store. All right. Come and meet the Tiger of Sweden. Are they, are, but are they, they opened up this beautiful concept store. They had Shadow Club playing. Which is incredible. Who are truly one of my favorite South African brand, bands. Yeah. They are supremely sexy. Shadow Club. Let's just put that out there. Oh, okay. If you're listening, Shadow Club. Okay. Then. I just want you to know I'm your biggest fan. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not a bad fan to have, I might mm, say. Mm, mm. I was busting a move. But anyway, tell us a bit about what is a concept store. Tiger of Sweden is a, swe- a, a Swedish, Scandinavian, Scandinavian Swede. Brand. They oh, are the right. Swedish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it was. It's you know done incredibly well. Overseas, worldwide, and it's their fourth store that opened in in Hyde Park on the Upper Mall, next to Exclusive Books. So, um, fourth store in South Africa. Fourth store in South Africa. Sorry, yes. <laughs> so um, Hyde Park is not all Tiger Sweden. No, no. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, it's it's the concept store is is basically a, a new. It's the new concept store. It's the latest international store with the latest um, fit-out uh, look. Some of the stores that are launched in South Africa are, are actually first in the world stores. Um, so, you know, we've, we're very advanced with, and, and as you said, a lot of luxury mm. stores are coming to, to South Africa. It's a huge market, a huge opportunity for the continent. Um, and... Um, yeah, the concept is, is really just the latest concept of, of that store. And Michael, when, when I hear luxury anything, I immediately think, oh, well, I can't afford it. <laughs> is that, is that the wrong perception to have? That, that I mean, is, really that is the wrong stuff. Look at it, it, it depends on what it is, but luxury is, is also can be, um, attainable for everyone. It's just of a higher standard. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, some people will rather buy one thing that is luxurious than five other that, that won't last and won't, you know, uh, kind of the quality is not the same. Um, I've lu- often thought that it's actually, I mean, another sounds long term, but luxury is probably a more ethical way to shop. Because if you're buying lots of cheap stuff mm-hmm. made in probably some very dodgy factories using child labor, damaging the environment in pretty dramatic ways, um, you you have no idea what the provenance of, of that cheap thing that you have bought mm-hmm. is. And so you're getting that like quick fix, but you're not necessarily doing anybody any good. But also, if you look at a, a pair of shoes, but that or a, is just my own like crazy thinking. I, I share the same kind of, <laughs> of sentiment. But if you buy a pair of shoes or a good suit or a bag, you know it's an investment piece. You can keep it for many, many years. A, a luxury piece is built to last. So you, in the short short term, you you might outlay um, a large sum of money, but you, from a long term perspective, you won't have to buy that or replace that product with you know. Because it hasn't. I mean, hasn't for lasted. example, uh, I mean, we're running a thing called uh, "Invest in Yourself." This, this, in this current edition of Marie Claire, and one of the sorts of things that we're suggesting to people as an investment is a Burberry trench coat. Now, I have a which Burberry trench coat, which is like a vintage number from the eighties, and it still looks amazing. It's an impeccable condition. It's in great condition. It looks pretty beautiful. I'm sure Burberry's really upset because they want me to say, go out and buy a new one right now every season. But, but the point of it is that you're buying something that can last. Okay, so it's a type of investment then. Yes, and and um, I think luxury, so it really depends on, on what you view as luxury because there are obviously different ideas in people's mind of what's luxurious. But um, I, I think it's I think it's really worth when you've put something on that is of a higher standard and quality. You also feel better, mm. and you, you know, as you said, investing in yourself. You, you've got it's a good feeling, and yeah, I but, urge you to to <laughs> come go to, Hyde Park, to, to, that to come to Hyde Park and invest uh, in some luxury. You know, you know. But okay. my, yes, go ahead. I must also say <laughs> that Hyde Park isn't just luxury. You know, we also. A, as much as we've got very high-end fashion stores and yeah, I mean, you guys have now opened Armani, Versace, Paul Smith, um, Longchamp. There's Luminance, which has over 82 yes. bra- international brands. Um, Do you know what they I, have, which delights me? Mm. Frederick Moll perfume. Have you ever smelled I Frederick do, Moll have, perfume? I have never. Asked I'm just it is an experience. I mean, and this is what I love about I'm the not Frederick Moll. <laughs> just walk into yeah, Luminance yeah. and let them give you a small experience. The joy of Frederick Moll is that it's like it was a guy who said he's going to give the the noses, the 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 nose is the guy who actually makes the perfume, the fellow who's like or the lady who's mixing the thousands and thousands of like layering the smells so that you end up with the particular um and so frederick mall said each perfume we make the hero will be the perfumier the nose and that person gets to create this ultimate perfume that they so it's really an experience to go and smell that let Michael me just let me ask you I mean you know women with luxury that's that's an easy sell but I'm wondering with the men because you know with the advent of uh, terms like metrosexual and that kind of the 
that kind of thing, all of a sudden we saw men coming to the plate and saying, hey, I want to look good. Are we still seeing that that trend? Is it still spiking or has it plateaued? Absolutely. Um, are there even more men interested in... Our men's stores are doing incredibly well. The stores that are unisex, their men, men's products are, are selling... Very well, and just from tenant feedback, I, in fact, I was working this weekend, and I, when I work, I look at the shopping bags, who's carrying what, and predominantly men were carrying bags. And when I talk to tenants, they say men are great because they're decisive, they come in, they know what they want, and they just buy. Yeah. I think ladies tend to shop around. And, and but here's the difference, like men, and this is where I get like, um, and this is like a Tiger of Sweden, a Paul Smith kind of comment here. Men are damn lucky. Because they get to buy a suit, they get pay per wear for that suit, they get to wear their suit a lot, a hell of a lot. And so that investment makes a huge amount of sense. Now, why is it so much more difficult for us? Because we don't have that uniform, my buddy. <laughs> that is our problem. Every day we have to wear a new frock, a new outfit. It, it is very true. It's, it's just, it sucks. I want a uniform. <laughs> Okay. Can we work on a uniform? Yeah, but don't you like the fact that we've got more options to choose from as girls? Is it, is it stressing you out? It's stressing bit? me out. It's stressing me out when I think about the joy, the ease of it. All like, right. my man has recently moved into my cupboard. Mm-hmm. Taken over a large proportion of it with his suits. And I see his life. His life is easy now that his life is in my cupboard, in my walk-in cupboard. His life is fantastic. He walks in, he picks the suit, walks out again. How nice is that? Just get seven or eight different shirts and... Just before we say goodbye to you in yes. terms of your luxury, luxury experience, you guys have that fantastic fair on the rooftop. The yes, it's that, it's now called the Handmade Contemporary Fair. Would, it used to be called like, Food, Wine, Design. Yes, okay. I didn't want to say the wrong thing. And it's been moved, um, we've shifted it um, into October now, um, and it's from the 8th of October till the 11th of October. And it's so a really fun thing, isn't it's, it? It's great. About 15,000 people come to, to Hyde Park Corner um, over that weekend uh, to that fair. And for th- this year, we've introduced a shuttle. Um, Sunlam are having branded shut- shuttles from Hyde Park um, High School. So you can park there for free and get shuttled to, to the shopping. Because the, the that parking fair is one of my most fun events. And, and it delights me because this year it coincides with the Spear Secret Festival. I think it's happening at the same time in Franchuk. Okay. Uh, I mean, in Spear, at Spear yes. Wine Estate. And I was just like, thankfully, we've got our own Joburg delights going on. Take that. Well, I do want to, I do want to, just to end it off here, I just, I do want to get the, the male and the female perspective in terms of trends to look forward to in winter. You know, I mean, this is exactly your field. What, what can we get excited about for winter? Hmm. No, nobody wants to. Uh, oh, must I you, say I what I'm excited yeah, about? We're talking luxury trends. We're heading into winter. People need to know what they need to stock up on. You know, uh, to, to look. You the know part. what um, I'm excited about? Uh, and here's my theory: if you're going to buy something, if you're going to buy something, now oh, that's your phone going off. That's my phone making a lot of noise because I'm trying to line up the next song. Um, the thing that delights me about winter is. I think start thinking for the next season if you're going to buy anything. And this is my advice, especially if you're going to buy something expensive and luxurious from a high park corner. Think 70s. It's having a moment. It's going to be huge. 
Um, it's a really delightful era. There's a reason that that 70s trend is coming through oh. because I think people want that we're reacting against that sort of um, 90s, 2000, millennial, like sort of obsession with like overt cash and money. And so what you'll see is that luxury has like a very sort of toned down, quite beautiful, very 70s, sexy, um, Moment. All right. See, I, I take That's my, I take me. my cues from you, Aspasia, because you are obviously a, wo- a woman in the know. Uh, Michael Wilson, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having this me. Afternoon. That's Michael Wilson, marketing manager for Hyde Park Corner. Coming up next is Dr. Eve, and we're talking, um, ad- adultery trends in South Africa. Ooh. Oh. It's the clap song that is Shirley Ellis uh, from way back when, from the good old days, you know, when music was still tolerable. I know, I know. Don't judge Probably me. The Alabama shakes are completely fresh. No, 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 no. You know, they're what? having a moment right now. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Um, let's not waste any more time. We're going to get straight into it with Dr. Eve, who is a couples and sex therapist. Dr. Eve, good afternoon. Hi, nice to be with you both. Oh, we are so excited <laughs> to be talking to you, Dr. Reed. Dr. Eve, that's my like sort of very naughty laugh. <laughs> Do you get a lot of that? I get, it's an amazing thing you say that because I always comment when I walk into a room, whether it is to lecture to my medical students or to a group of physicians or in healthcare providers or just to the public, everybody's smiling at me. <laughs> and it's like an anticipation of having a wonderful, sexy conversation. I think that's cool. That's great. I hope you do that in your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Dr. Eve, let's get straight into it because you are also the spokesperson for AshleyMadison.com. When I was telling somebody that we were talking to Ashley Madison's spokesperson, mm. Dr. Eve, they knew who you were. They were, but what is Ashley Madison? Mm. It sounds like a plus-size clothing label. <laughs> I was like, or yeah. somebody who's like quite conservative. Yeah. It's actually the name was chosen quite deliberately, um, taking at that time two of the most popular names in North America, which was Ashley and Madison. <laughs> and they, not they, Noel Biederman, who's the CEO and founder of AshleyMadison.com, put them together and created the the, the URL, the website called AshleyMadison.com. So like quite a comforting name then. It feels, it feels safe. You know, it's not like saying infidelity <laughs> or com. on your wife or something. Yeah, no, branding is everything, Dr. Eve. Right, but, it absolutely is. But tell me, how long has the website been up and running here in South Africa for the South African market? So it began almost exactly three years ago, in 2012, July, June, t- July 2012. They came into South Africa, Noel Biedemann came and he launched it here in South Africa. And it's grown right now. The numbers are in excess of about 265,000 people. And that's across all ages from 18 to 55 plus and across the entire country with very demographic. Now, listen, if you're 18, you aren't married, are you? Well, you know, <laughs> medicine is for people who are single as well. And what's oh. you know, very remarkable about it and comparatively to other dating sites, is that it's completely transparent. So uh, it has its byline, is life is short, have an affair. And it's very clear that this is a dating site for married people and people who are in alternative relationships or who are singlehoods can definitely join in, but they know what they're getting, that they're mostly going to be meeting people online who are what's called attached. That's the status, if you're attached. 
So it gives you transparency, whereas many other dating sites are there for single people, and yet a lot of married people hang out there, and it leads to quite a lot well, of Well, apparently on Tinder there's a lot of that going on. Oh. People yeah, keep on catching yeah. like other people's husbands on Tinder going, hello, yeah, <laughs> just hang on. It's weird to see the photo of somebody that you know um, who is married. So there is complete transparency. Um, just to say as well, in terms of my relationship with Ashley Madison, is that I started um, working with them, meaning in a non-financial basis, but on a very contractual basis, in terms of doing my research on cyber infidelity with them. And so we've had a really, you know, amazing relationship for the last three years. And based on my work with them, my book, Cyber Infidelity, is about to be launched. Yay! Which Thank I'm you. very excited about. And I'm that is what we wanted yeah. to touch on. Sorry, Dr. Yeah. Eve, can you just give me the name of the book again? It's called Cyber Infidelity, The New Seduction. Oh, cyber infidelity. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, because we ventured into a whole new territory now with this digital era. Right. So tell us more about cyber infidelity then. So cyber infidelity really is what Ashley Madison would be about if people were online or creating a profile and not telling their partners about it. It's about people getting onto either a dating site like Ashley Madison or even Twitter, Facebook, WhatsApp, any of Instagram, um, and beginning to have conversation with somebody else. But that means that you are in a, an attached form of relationship with significant other person. And you begin with a just innocuous kind of chat with somebody or you put your profile up on Ashley Madison and you hang around and then you begin your first chat. And it progresses into a place where there is what's called computer-synchronized mediated communication. <laughs> so you are, That's a mouthful. Yeah, That's so like when what, you're shagging a robot? <laughs> I mean, it can kind of feel like that. And it's interesting to say that because for people, they feel well, it's not real. So the tagline of my book is, it's not that we're having sex or anything, because people really believe that they're not committing infidelity. They believe that it's innocent, and they get online, and they're chatting with somebody, and that chat is very flirtatious. It becomes very sexual. They begin to sex each other, sending photos of each other. And between 6 and 14 days, you're in a hotel room. Wow. From your first chat. Are and you serious? Yeah, is that the fun. statistic that you have discovered? Yeah, this is from my research with Ashley Madison, and it was fantastic because my research was across five countries, which is South Africa, the wow. UK, Canada, USA, and the UK. And I came up with that number across all age groups and across five countries with males and females. And in fact, the women are getting there quicker than what the men are. Now, oh. this is what I wanted to ask you because I saw an article which said that um, there was a big uptick of subscriptions to Ashley Madison, if that's the right terminology for what people do, open a profile Re on it. Registration. They register yeah. after yeah. Mother's Day. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. what, press release what that is that about? Up. What's that about? Yeah, so this is a press release that came out this year. And every single year since Ashley Madison has been here, they've been tracking their numbers straight after Mother's Day. And they found that there was an increment. So if you look at 2010, which is before they came here, but internationally, they had an increase in sign-up for women overall. 183% um, of women signed up after the Mother's Day. We, we jumped up to 2014, and that 183% turned into 403% in overall sign-ups of women the day So something happened Day. in the intervening year, and women got more... Well, I think there are a lot of things that happened. I Sexually think aggressive or what? <laughs> yeah, there is 
a permission given because, uh, first of all, this is only on Ashley Madison. So the company had been around for four years by then, from 2010, when they, and then between 10 and 14, that was where there was a huge increase. So it became known, people knew that, that such a platform exists. So obviously, if we know that there is a place, you're going to be able to go there. And also, women have been chatting more on Facebook. I mean, the cheating happens more on Facebook than anywhere else. And realize the liberty and incredible, wonderful joy and happiness that they get being online and having these, what they think is innocent and flirtatious chats. And well, so clearly they're not innocent and, flir- uh, you know, um, they're flirtatious but not innocent because you said that within 6 to 14 days they've hopped into the sack with each other. But let's, you know, let's just kind of live in those six days or those 14 days because that's really where the, 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 the pain comes in, the fun and the pain comes in. In those 14 days when you're chatting, you don't feel as if you're committing any form of driving fidelity mm-hmm. because exactly like you think, it's only when I get into the sack with somebody, when I have this exchange of the body fluid, do I think I'm cheating. Right. That's been the traditional way of thinking. But actually, my research has shown that's not what it is. When you jump online and you begin flirting, sexting, sexting somebody and your partner finds out, that's when the pain really begins. Dr. Eve, I want to talk about a term that I've often seen and heard being thrown around and it's ethical cheating. And I'm wondering yeah. if, if this is what you're referring to, the fact that there is this transparency in, in cyber infidelity. What is ethical cheating? What does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, no, Can you have is, such? Um, ethical cheating is absolutely the opposite to cyber infidelity. Cyber okay. infidelity is it's all about secrets. Okay. So any kind of in real life infidelity is a secret. You don't tell somebody that you're shagging the boss. Um, in online, if you're keeping a secret, if you're keeping your mobile real close to you and you are not disclosing what you're chatting about or to whom you're chatting and actually you're really secretive about it, that would be cyber infidelity. Ethical cheating is when there's absolute transparency. So it would be a couple who say, you know, we're going to be practicing non-monogamy and we're going to be sharing. There's not going to be a secret around it. Then it becomes ethical cheating because we think it's unethical. It's been deemed unethical that you breach the principles of traditional marriage, which is sexual sexual fidelity, commitment, and monogamy. And when you practice cyber infidelity, you're breaching those commitments, right? Yeah. You actually are doing something behind your partner's back. It's a secret. You're chatting to somebody else. What is driving them? Else. What is driving these women to to cyber infidelity? Well, you know, you're saying these women. Well, I, the women that we're talking about after Mother's Day. You women on the line and say, have you ever sent a flirty text and chat to somebody if you are in a relationship? Oh, think, yeah. I've, yeah? I've, flirt, <laughs> I've flirted. Of course I have. Online. Well, on, no. my, on my phone. Right, I'm, I'm not, I'm with, with, I like to flirt in person. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, but I mean, we flirt, it's, it's, it, it happens. It's evolutionary, it's natural, we have to flirt, we do instinctively, but when you do it online, so what happens if you're in a relationship and your partner were to see some of those flirty messages, what, what would he or she say? Whoa. No, I don't think that would be good for the partner. Some choice Surely. Okay, so... 
It is. So, Dr. Eve, let's try and get into the behavior of this cheating thing. I mean, it might sound like a dumb question, but why do people cheat? Because, you know, you often hear people saying, oh, well, humans weren't designed to be monogamous, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Why do we cheat? Yeah, I think there's a huge difference between why we cheat online and why we cheat in real life. And I'm going to keep using those terms because that's the language that I'm speaking in, and all of us have to take it on so that we actually understand our behavior online. If you are cheating in real life, it's because you you can and you want to and you go there. And there could be a million reasons. So you do the old-fashioned reasons of like, I'm unhappy in my marriage, I want different kind of sex, I'm bored, I want variety, the opportunity was there, I took the gap, um, I fell in love with somebody else, I'm no longer attracted to my partner. Those things are there. It could be that I'm you know, a man and I'm having sex with another man or a woman having sex with another woman. Those are, those are just as old as man kind of stuff. But online, the reasons are really different. It's called something, the thing that it's called is a triple A engine. So huh. it's anonymous, it's affordable, <laughs> it's accessible. It's in your hand and you can do it. And mostly because you really don't think you're cheating. And my book is about educating you around, actually, this could be considered cheating. And or do you want to rewrite the rules of your marriage so that you incorporate this kind of flirty fun online without damaging your marriage? Well, we are certainly running an article this month in the Marie Claire about this couple who found joy on Tinder. They both went on it together. Yeah, then it's ethical Um, cheating. Ethical, ethical. Right, because they both know about it. But if, if, if I look at my research results uh, from Ashley Madison and looked and I asked women and men exactly that same question, you know, why is it that you're here? Every single one, again, across five countries, across all age groups, men and women alike, told me I'm happily married. No, I do not want to get divorced. No, I don't feel guilty. The reason that I'm cheating, and here's the kicker for women, I want more exciting which breaks all the stereotypes of what we women are supposed to want. We're supposed to want emotional connection, Mm -hmm. attachment, more love, to feel special. Uh -uh. These women kick ass are saying, I want more exciting, satisfactory sex. And the men are saying, I want variety. I want more exciting sex. No, I don't want to leave my wife. No, I'm really happily married. I just want added extra sex. Dr. Eve, um, Here's, here's Kimberly who is asking a question. Yeah. And she is saying, does flirting online even classify as cheating? So, Kimberly, it's going to be very much dependent on what you and your partner define as cheating if you are in a relationship. So, you and your partner need to sit down and to contract around technology. And my book will help you to do that. And by the way, everybody, you can pre-order my book right now. I'm <laughs> going to tweet you the link to that, and you get like an 18% discount on it. So please, I'm going to tweet to follow me on Dr. Eve, and you'll be able to pick that up right now from Take A Lot and order that. So if you are a person in a relationship, you would need to consider with your partner, what are the rules around cyber flirting, cyber sexing? What do you consider flirting? Because I don't, I don't want people to stop their online flirting and fun. That's not what the intention is. The intention is to have a heightened awareness of, is it adding value to my life and does it threaten my relationship? Or maybe my relationship needs to be revisited. Now, do you think that the people who are flirting, which, um, you know, begs Kimberly's question, they're flirting online. 
they're they're getting their kicks on. Are they getting addicted to this behavior? Because I can see how, like, sort of receiving positive affirmation right. via various, you know, online texts and right. uh, could could be like a sort of you know its own self fulfilling kind of. It gets the, it, it gets the serotonin released into the bloodstream, and then mm-hmm. it makes you feel good. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I'm always very cautious of the word addiction. I'm opposed to it tremendously. So I'm going to say um, in my book, I, discrim- and I differentiate between uh, people who are recreational users and people who have a real problem with being online, especially when it comes to pornographic viewing. So um, the feeling of having this flirty conversation with an anonymous stranger or with somebody that you even know feels just fantastic. And the problem and the joy is that you have access to it 24-7, so you don't have to get dressed up, and you don't have to go meet in a corner or in a bar or in a hotel room. You actually get enough satisfaction from just having the flirtation online. So it's like, what's wrong with that? Mm. Why should it harm us? And it's a question that everybody has to ask. The question is, is it going to be harmful if my partner finds out? Does it feel like cheating to my partner? And what are the mm. rules in our relationship? Well, inappropriate. <laughs> He's coming up with a very good thing here. He says, no, I mean, that is inappropriate. And I always presume inappropriate as a guy. I may be wrong. But inappropriate says, should I be going through my partner's phone? Uh-huh. And what's not acceptable? Can she be called by another man? Or other men? Inappropriate. How many men are calling your partner? <laughs> right. Right. So in my book, I've got a whole chapter on privacy and secrecy and looking at how we manage our mobile technology. I do believe very much that we have a right to privacy. Um, if you're carrying a secret, in other words, if you know that you're doing something that will offend your partner, that's infidelity. Yeah. So then you're going to keep your phone secret. If you are chatting with other people, and I think everybody should be and everybody is, be transparent around it. In other words, have it your privacy and say, I do chat with other people, but I actually have so much trust and faith in myself that I don't believe I'm crossing any boundaries. I don't believe that I'm offending you or there's anything unethical about it. And then you don't need to lock your phone away because there's an understanding that we chat to other people, but never to the disrespect of our relationship rules. Now, Dr. Eve, I mean, you know, you did say that individuals' definition of infidelity kind of varies and differs, but have we also seen a change in how people define what infidelity is over time, especially since women have become more empowered and now it would seem that we're loving the fact that we're catching up to the guys and, you know, cheating within our own right. Have we seen that definition change over the years or over the decades? Well, cyber infidelity has certainly shifted it enormously. It used to always be very clear. It's become more liberal, to answer your question directly. Over the years, of course, it's become way more liberal as we've gone through uh, liberation in the 60s and, and the female movement and the gay movement and the liberation of women. Of course, it's become way more liberal that women can sit next to a man and invite a man out. You know, those things we know have changed enormously. But people really still consider infidelity to be exchange of bodily fluids. Then I'm going to be in a place where I'm exchanging either saliva or genital fluids with somebody else, and that's the clear-cut infidelity. And the rest of it's been kind of iffy until now, until we actually realize that emotional infidelity is as harmful and as real as physical infidelity. Couldn't you argue that it was actually more so? Well, it's interesting that you say that, because I've sat in my therapy room for the last three years working with 
couples who are struggling with type infidelity because that's where I'm, you know, I'm positioned now as mm. somebody who really is um, researching and, and practicing management of type infidelity with couples globally. And it has been the most painful experience for me in my therapy room to sit with couples who are experiencing this this emotional infidelity. You know, when it goes offline, I, I say it again, we all know that that, that hurts. But it's been surprising and how painful. And the reasons why it's more painful than in real life infidelity. You're first of all going to get all the things of infidelity, which is I've discovered a secret. My partner's excluded me from some very personal activity. I feel betrayed. I feel really embarrassed. I feel really angry. I'm really shocked. All those normal feelings will happen when you discover this online. But then you've got the added thing of reading language, description, a persona that you're projecting online that you do not project in real life. Hmm. So because isn't it a fantasy, really? Isn't that no, what the stuff it's, is? It's really real. I mean, <laughs> you, you ask, you know, you're reading my book, that you know, all the Ashley Madison women have said, I am much more real and authentic online than I am in bed with my partner. I can talk about things on my heart more openly with a stranger. I can talk about sexual fantasies more. I masturbate more with my partner online than I do with my partner in bed. Isn't that really tragic? I don't think it's tragic. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's real. I think it's tragic that people are, yeah, are not able to communicate and be real enough or safe enough in their, in their actual relationships. relationships. In, in real-life relationships and that they're expressing themselves, especially women, online. So now, it's become a safer space for them. Dr. Eve, if we take a look, at, for example, at, you know, you get these people with their Instagram accounts and they're really right. gorgeous people and, you know, it's a girl in a nice bikini or a guy right. with his... You know, with his six pack abs flashing in my face and, you know, they're getting thousands of likes and people are saying, Oh, you're so gorgeous. And they start up these conversations. I mean, is this, is this a form of flirtation then on their part, posting these pictures and, you know, kind of saying, Hey, look at me and I'm sexy. <laughs> so, so we're talking now about selfies, right? Yes. A whole generation of selfies, which has emerged and <clears throat> it is a new way of introducing ourselves or presenting ourselves in the world because of technology and because it's there. It's become a very different way of getting self-acknowledgement and self-validation. It's like standing in front of your mirror, which I'm sure you, you, you women are young enough. You've got to remember those days, right? So you sit in front of the mirror for eight hours, right? Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, so here it is. You're doing it now and you're presenting it to the world. What, what distresses me is when <clears throat> women specifically um, present parts of their bodies where we partialize ourselves. But that's another whole conversation. So it is saying, look at me. Just their boobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or the butt, because the or butt. Or just is, their butt. The butt the is butt. the in thing these days. <laughs> right. So it is saying, look at me. It does not have to say, I want sex. Mm. We really want to be clear around that. Yeah. It's about saying, look at me. I find myself attractive. I want to be seen. I feel proud of who I am. And I love that. I think no, that is positive. Yeah, I think it's great if it enhances self-esteem. If you're doing it because you want to find a partner, that's your choice, and you've got to manage the responses. Dr. Eve, some people might argue that, you know, websites like Ashley Madison really encourage the problem of infidelity, and it really doesn't do any good. But, you know, in terms of the stats and the research that you guys have received from the South African perspective, I mean, how has a, a, a website like Ashley Madison 
been received here in South Africa? What's the attitude towards these kinds and of And where are the most popular places for infidelity? I mean, you guys must have those statistics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to get some talks to you that press release, uh, they did do press releases to see where's the most popular cheating spots. Mm. I don't have them directly on hand right now, but I, I mean, obviously Johannesburg and then it's been broken down. I think it was Ranfontein somehow. Ranfontein? I think it was that. And then I know that there were some surprising places all over the country. They've done Durban, they've done Cape Town. So you definitely can get those. As I say, I don't have them at my fingertips right now. But there are hot spots of cheating all over. Um, you're saying, what is, you know, is there harm in Ashley Madison? Yeah, that was like the, the initial, my initial response to it as well. And the, the, the fact of it is, is no, it isn't harmful. It provides a platform for people. And we are grown-up adult people, and we have to take responsibility for our own actions and behavior. And it does not encourage people to be cheating just because it happens to be providing a platform or a business, a model where mm. people can go. It's a forum where people can go and have that experience. It's not forcing you. It's not saying to you cheating is a good thing. It's not saying that in any way. No way. On Ashley Madison's marketing does it say cheating is a good thing. Go and do it. Mm. It's not about that. It really is saying here is a reflection of what you're doing, a reflection of the need of a community of people, global people, and we're just there as a business and we're providing you with a forum. Do with, do with it as you want. It's your private space. So we've got to stop blaming technology and take responsibility for us as, as people yeah. and look at our own behavior. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. Facebook, no, Facebook is the place where most cheating happens. Where is where is the place that most cheating happens? Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, between twelve and fifteen odd million users in South Africa. The last I heard, um, it's it's hardly surprising at all. Doctor Eve, unfortunately, we've run out of time, and I, I, you know, we could go on and on about this conversation. But uh, just one last time, uh, the name of your book and where we can get it again. Sure. So the book is Cyber Infidelity: The New Seduction. It's going to be available in stores, in all the stores, on the 21st of June, as well as my online store. And I'm going to send you the link to the pre-order link right now. I'll put it onto your latest account now. And you can go and pre-order it and get some percentage discount on it. And you'll be able to get it probably in the, in the, by the end of June. And then please come along to the launches that are going to be in Johannesburg on the 30th of July, Cape Town on the 28th of July. And I'm sure we'll chat again around that time. Fantastic. We look forward forward to it, uh, Dr. Eve, accredited couple and sex therapist. Thanks (laughs) once again for joining us this afternoon. Thank you, Stasia and Mabali. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, ladies. So Mabali. And that was that. That was that. I'm Aspasia Karras. And I'm Mabali Moloy. Be sure to join us again next week for another edition of Between Two Fans.